At position number 30, in the spirit of Soho Mural, we have actress, theatre owner, empresario, founder of the UK's first drama school and controversial drag king, Fanny Kelly. Born Frances Maria Kelly in Brighton in 1790, she was on stage by the age of seven and was a regular crowd pleaser at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane. She was enormously famous in her day and in a century in which the average life expectancy was under 50, she lived to the ripe old age of 92. Slightly younger than that is Luke Dixon, a Soho resident of nearly 40 years and a beekeeper. More importantly for our purposes, though, he's also a theatre director who recently devised and directed a play about Fanny Kelly, which was produced by somebody called Claire Lynch. Never heard of her. I met up with Luke at a socially distant outdoor location in Soho to find out more about Fanny Kelly. Luke Dixon, thank you for coming on the programme. Dom, it's an absolute pleasure. And we're here in delightful Golden Square, so if you do hear ping-pong balls, pinging and ponging, that's... Um... Yeah, we're not in a Thai bar. No. It, we are in Golden Square. <laughs> we're here to talk about Fanny Kelly. Who? Now, you directed a show about her about a year ago, was it? Uh, it well, it was just pre-lockdown, so it was in January. Uh, and, you know, we'd be on tour now, Dom, at... Oh. Um, the dreaded coronavirus not hit us. The show was about Fanny Kelly and another woman called Lola Montez, and it was through Lola Montez, who was this famed sort of courtesan performer who had it off with everyone, male and female, in Europe and America and Australia. But then we found out that actually Lola Montez was a creation at a theatre school on Dean Street run by a woman called Fanny Kelly. And Fanny Kelly started life as a child performer, born in Brighton, age of seven. She was a top billing child performer on Drury Lane at the Theatre Royal. And the Theatre Royal Drury Lane was sort of her main place of performance through much of her life. Within days, Fanny was the toast of London and a celebrated child I played my first breeches role when I was just 10 years old. In breeches, trousers, cross-dressed as the peasant boy. In the peasant boy. And then she started working away from Drury Lane and eventually opened her own theatre, opened a drama school, uh, was a famed for her cross-dressing. She was the first drag king. This drama school was the first drama school, It was it? the first drama school in England, and it was particularly for teaching women. There was no... There, the, 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 the Women on stage was rather despised in the 18th, early 19th century, and uh, there had been an article in the Encyclopedia Britannica saying there is no such thing as an actress, only actors matter. And... Uh, Fanny Kelly took umbrage at this and so she opened a drama school on Dean Street and eventually she opened a theatre as well. So the Royalty Theatre, which is now Royalty House on Dean Street, it, it survived all the way up until the uh, Second World War when it was bombed during the Blitz, the same time as St Anne's Church was bombed. On the same night was that, do you know? Or? I think it was the same wow. night, yeah. So she opened both the drama school and the theatre. And so it was a very, very successful theatre on the Royalty Theatre on Dean Street, sort of opposite Quo Vadis. So It looks like a sort of 
provincial magistrates court now, doesn't it? The it building does. that's there now. Yes, it's some weird office, sort of 1950s. Not the best replacement. No, it, it has no romance about it at all. And it has no red, no red plaque, or a pink plaque, or a blue so plaque. No, it has no, no plaque, plaque at all. <laughs> or a rainbow plaque on it, nothing. Tell me about this cross-dressing thing. Well, she dressed as a man and performed as a man on stage. And she became both famous and notorious for it. So there was a tradition of women playing what were called breaches roles in the opera. And she'd sung in Mozart operas. And she then moved that into what I suppose we think of as music hall and had a music hall act, which was uh, Miss Fanny Kelly uh, in drag. And did she have a you know, moustache and that kind of thing? or she, or she, uh, like, she, she, she wasn't she, like a woman in man's clothes, she was no, she playing was a man. No, she was more sort of Burlington Bertie, if that oh, means right, anything yeah. to you, who, you know, from a later generation, with a sort of cane and, uh, and tails and a top hat. And people were just outraged at the idea of a woman dressing as a man. You know, it's just like it's echoes of, you know, if there had been Twitter then, all the sort of tr- trans Twitter storms we get now, uh, they would have applied to Fanny Kelly. Fanny Kelly would be described by the likes of you in your 21st century as gender fluid. She was a noted and notorious drag king a hundred years before the term first appeared in print. Famously, someone stood up at the Royalty Theatre in the middle of one of her shows and said, you are an absolute disgrace, woman, and shot her uh, with a gun. She survived, I assume? She survived, she fainted. She's only a lady, after all. (laughs) (laughs) And famously, the bullet ricocheted into the audience and landed on the lap of Mary Lamb the writer who was sitting next to her brother Charles Lamb and Charles Lamb immediately fell in love with Fanny Kelly and pursued her for the rest of his life fruitlessly she she never succumbed to his charms so yeah so it was quite a night really this was on Dean Street this was on Dean Street amazing yeah the theatre had a I read somewhere that it had quite a troubled few years when it first opened. It, she, she took some bad advice about um, stage machinery. She did, which turned around to her advantage in the end because she, there, was, there were a lot of problems with the machinery in the theatre and you can imagine, you know, we're talking a couple of hundred years ago, it was, um, everything was on uh, uh, what we call hemp, so everything was you know, lifted up and down on pulleys. And, um, so she tried to open a, 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 a theatre that was ahead of its time, but the people she asked to help devise it were not ahead of their time so uh, the the whole thing had a very troubled first few years but then she took a great interest in stage machinery herself so it paradoxically it became the most um, innovative and advanced theatre of its kind so there it is just down from the Soho theatre now Um, but it was and again this is just lost to history Um, it was um, famous for its uh, technical innovations back in the day Wow. And was it, how many did it seat? Was it a big place? Um, it seated about a thousand, I think. So not insubstantial then at all. No, no, a no, West no End not venue, at all. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't a fringe theatre by any means. Uh, she, she never married, did she? You she did... never married. Charles Lamb was desperate to marry her all his life and all her life and constantly proposed to her. 
and I think there were many, many other offers. Indeed, Charles Barnett, the guy who shot her on stage, proposed to her afterwards. Afterwards? Uh, afterwards, yeah. Oh, that's know. bad timing. Yeah, it's not a great pickup line, is it? You know, so like, you know, I might not have a, a great uh, history of picking up women, but I, I've never shot someone on stage. Yeah, um, I mean, instinct would tell you that's the wrong way to go about it. <laughs> But I think in a way that maybe the fact that she never married, it was nothing necessarily to do with her sexuality. There's nothing to say whether she was um, gay or straight or bi or whatever. But I think it might be more tied up with her independence that I think if she'd been married in that age, she would, she would have been someone's wife and the, the in business independence and the fame she had might have been diminished. Her shows got more and more elaborate. So she did the cross-dressing roles, but then she also started doing one-woman, one-person shows uh, where she played all the roles and sometimes as many as 14 different roles in a show. As she grew, she became an equally celebrated adult actor, famous for playing as many as 14 different roles in a single performance. Now was the winter of our discontent. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, be where or are not to be? Romeo? That is the question. Oh, happy horse, to bear the weight of Anthony. Blow, winds, and crack your cheeks. Rage, blow, you cataracts and hurricanes. The of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the Out, damn spot. Out, I say. Once more unto the breach, dear friends, once more. Heaven forbid, my outside had not charmed her. She famously did a one-person production of Romeo and Juliet, where she played all the roles, including Romeo and Juliet. Um, not quite sure how the snogging scenes worked in that, but um, yeah. maybe she did that thing where she turned her back to the audience, <laughs> put her arms, put her around, her arms around her, yeah, yeah, and made sort of kissing noises yeah. on the back of her wrist. <laughs> so I wish we could. There were more records of these shows, but there, there unfortunately aren't. And it, it's great thinking that that she was a woman and is unacknowledged as women so often are, but uh, that she was doing all this crazily experimental stuff that sort of sounds crazily experimental even today. She was a big star then. To, she was a she, huge a, a big star. draw. Yeah, her she name would sometimes go on tour and she would sell out around the country. Was she able to do this experimental stuff because of her stature? Um, and, wear, and do the britches roles yeah, and that I kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. And I think I, I get the impression she was also very independent and quite bloody-minded. And probably she had to be because she wasn't just a, an actress, a female actor at the behest of the men who were running the business you know she set up her own business um, and was unique in doing that so I think there must have been a sort of feistiness and a bloody mindedness about her and did she start this the uh, the britches rolled thing or, or the, the cross-dressing drag king thing as a reaction to attitude at the time or was it in order to shock the sex pistols or was it a kind of <laughs> It was, she just did yeah, it because it was yeah, artistically I think it's interesting. slightly classier than the Sex Pistols no, on the sure. Bill Grundy show. <laughs> but um, I think there was an air of provocation about it, definitely. And no publicity is bad publicity. And I think uh, she, she became, as I said, notorious famous for it. Uh, and that was no bad thing. And it marked her out as different from anyone else. The fact that she was 
such a big star and is now virtually forgotten is quite unusual because we do know the names of people from that era who were big and famous, even if we don't know what necessarily who they were or what they were famous for. But I mean, I hadn't heard of her. What do you put that down to, that completely gone from the public memory? I don't know whether it's just something that she doesn't fit neatly into anything. She's, uh, you, she's not easily put into a box. And because she was a drag performer, she was an impresario, she was a theatrical innovator, she did all these different types of shows, uh, as well as acting at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane, which is sort of what we think of as when we think of actresses of the period.